There's basically no signature validation going on in Arizona. Um, hundreds of thousands, they said, of illegal ballots, and they're going to prove that in court. That's very powerful. And again, 59% of the machines in Maricopa County, the largest county in the state, were not operating that day. The, the tabulators or the printers, one or the other, was not operating that day. At what point is the election null and void? Is it 40%? Is it 50%? Or do you have to wait till there's 80% of the machines that aren't working? I mean, at what point, um, how much abuse are we going to take as Republicans and allow this to continue? And I, I'd like to throw in, too, shame on the Republican Party for not standing up for their voters here and not standing up for Kerry Lake and that amazing slate of candidates in Arizona. Um, they were robbed. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. It's Saturday, 10 December, the year of our Lord, 2022. You know, Saturday, as I tell you, is always my... I love every uh, hour we spend in the War Room with you folks. Uh, but Saturday is always my favorite because it was, you know... The time you were working out in the yard with your dad, listening to Notre Dame football, or the Saturday uh, classes that you, you had to go to, um, you know, so Saturday's always been, at least up till noon on Saturday's always been a work day. But when I started getting into the news business with Andrew Breitbart years ago, we, we quickly, quickly came to the conclusion the Friday night dumps were so big and so important that uh, we actually built Breitbart around and, and Jim Hoff remembers this. He was there with Andrew in the early days. So the, 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 you know, Drudge used to lock the page as he got a little, um, you know, lazier and, um, and, uh, the Friday night dumps for everything on the news yesterday, nine December, put that in your calendar. That's going to be a day. I think we're going to remember two things happened. Carrie Lake filed a massive lawsuit in Arizona that exposes corruption, malfeasance, not just incompetence. Right. Um, and also, also involvement of, uh, of authorities, particularly, um, uh, DH, uh, DHS, other of these government agencies, the administrative states, rogue element, the deep state. Um, but then a lawsuit in uh, with this Missouri-Louisiana lawsuit that Gateway Pundit's part of, the exposure of the FBI, and then uh, Matt Taibbi uh, going on a Twitter stream last night. I think it's part three of the Twitter expose, Jack Posobico. He titled it The Removal of Trump. It's an ironic title because the title is about the removal of Trump from Twitter. Twitter is just an instrument in this. It's not the main event. The main event is the Federal Bureau of Investigations, the FBI. And um, one of the breakdowns you're seeing right now, one, I shouldn't say breakdowns, one of the um, uh, um, lines of demarcation in the conservative movement in the Republican Party is controlled opposition and people who are fighters, and I get to the bottom of this, the, the enemy of freedom in, in this. Look, 
The existential threat we face from the Chinese Communist Party is the greatest enemy externally we've ever felt, we've ever had. But internally, we have an enemy, and that enemy is the administrative state. It's Leviathan. And now it's proven, and it will be proven, and you've seen it already. The FBI and DOJ and other elements of Trump's administration, President Trump's administration, people he had picked and people that were confirmed by the Senate, were actively engaged in and focused on his removal from office. Matt Taibbi put that title up, the removal of Trump, not about Twitter. His thing is about Twitter, but it's also about the FBI. It's about the removal of Trump from office. We're hurtling towards a constitutional crisis, and Morning Joe goes, ah, they're talking about terms of service from 2018, and this is old news, and, and the White House still says this is all, but no, no, no. Hunter Biden's hard drive in his laptop, the whole Twitter apparatus is just a means to an end to get to the thing itself. And the thing itself is the administrative state. They had a coup. They had a coup. They had a coup with many senior Republicans involved. They had a coup that removed Donald Trump from office. Okay, removed him from office. Uh, I hate to be that blunt about it. And, uh, and we've got the receipts and we're going to get more receipts. And if anybody in this can hear the sound of my voice, if you think this is going to be, they're going to say, no, you got to talk. This is all you got to talk about the future. You can't talk about the past. Got to talk about the future. Election about the future. BS. Screw you. If we don't get, I've said this, if we don't get to the bottom of this, and now, and now, and now it's becoming evident why they want to talk about the future. And you, you tie in um, the vaccine situation. The coronavirus, the CCP virus, the mask, all of it into one gnarly, unspeakable, unspeakable, unspeakable efforts of the, and I don't even call it a government, a, a group of gangsters, lawless gangsters. That's what they are. They're lawless gangsters. And the FBI now has to be not just defunded, it has to be totally defunded. And reorganize, and the name has to go away. The name will live in shame. I don't. And the, all these guys said, "Yeah, the FBI guys are all over Bannon because he calls them the Gestapo." You're, you're not even worthy of the Gestapo. That's how awful you are in a free republic to do what you've done. You, you're awful. And there are patriots, not sunshine soldiers. There are patriots that are prepared to to give everything to make sure that you are destroyed, destroyed. Because this country is going to be nothing more than a, a, a different type of version, difference in degree, but not in kind to the authoritarian, totalitarian dictatorship of the Chinese Communist Party, a full and total and complete control. So we're going to get into a day in every aspect of this. Okay, It's going to be a little choppy because people are traveling. They're coming in by phone, but I want to lay out the architectonics of all of this today. So I want to start with Kerry Lake and I want to start with the great Michael Patrick Leahy. Um, in Leahy, I want to talk, I want to talk about Kerry Lake's first off her shot across the bow, what it means. Uh, and then I've got the great Jim Hoft. And of course I got Colonel John Mills and Hoft is an interesting character in this. He obviously understands in gateway pundit. You saw up on the, uh, on drudge the other day, the one of the biggest sites in the world, uh, that's through the, 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 the effort 
of Jim Hoff. It's unbelievable. And Andrew would be so proud of what you've accomplished. Let's start with Leahy. Uh, Michael Patrick Leahy, they put a 70-page uh, complaint or lawsuit in yesterday. Uh, give us the highlight reel, sir. Yeah, the, the lawsuit was filed in Maricopa County Superior Court late last night. It's uh, Kerry Lake v. Uh, Katie Hobbs, Secretary of State, uh, as an individual, Stephen Ricker, the county recorder, as an individual, all the members of the Board of Supervisors individually, and Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. It's a very strong case, um, and I'll tell you some of the real interesting details on it. It's going to be, we're told, before Judge Peter Thompson, who has a pretty strong record of being upheld by the Arizona Supreme Court. You all know about the election day problems with tabulation errors at the printers, which affected in the case they allege uh, over 50% of the 223 voting centers on election day. But here is the new information, and it's quite significant. If they've got the goods in the exhibit, they argue and they allege that on election day in Maricopa County, 298,000 uh, early votes did not have the proper chain of custody. Now, you remember we had this problem in Georgia in 2020. We weren't able to get all the goods on it and the receipts on it until probably six, seven months later. Um, if you look at the exhibits, which they should produce, um, they may have the goods. Well, in that case, that is a violation uh, of Arizona election law. And if the judge looks at that uh, and the if the goods are there, that they don't have chain of custody for 298,000 uh, uh, early votes uh, delivered to the vendor who did the signature verification, um, I think that alone would be sufficient in my view, to grant the remedy sought by the Lake Camp. That remedy is either to declare her the victor or to have a new election in Maricopa County. Hang, I want to do one administrative thing here right now. We've got the lawsuit and uh, Denver, the, the great team at Real America's Voice has it. I want to put it up on the screen if you can. I also, Captain Bannon and uh, Grace Chong, uh, the queen of the trolls and the queen of the hot takes. I want to make sure it's in every chat room and let's get it up on getter. I need everybody to read this. Your weekend assignment is to read this and, and be fluent in it. it there's uh, explosions on every page. The chain of custody is, is very explosive, right? And, and that is, you can't tell if that's incompetence or, or malfeasance. They've also have an expert, that say they're prepared to they have it that prepared to bring forward an ex experts or expert that shows that the problems with the machines could not possibly just have been by chance right just couldn't have been random it just couldn't have all melted down at that time they've also got i think whistleblowers etc uh Leahy, go back to the chain of custody because that kind of jumps off the page at you this chain of custody thing has been a big deal. We keep saying, hey, only chain of custody, verifiable, signature verification, ID, votes can count. Mark Elias and in, in, in the evil genius there and all those guys, they want all votes to count. They want any ballot to come in just to count. Hey, you find it on the floor, it counts, right? You see it over there, and it's supposed to be in bin three, and it's actually uh, in, you know, in a corner in a pile. They count, right? Isn't that replete throughout this document? the the incompetence malfeasance uh of of how this thing was run yes incompetence malfeasance are among the arguments made in the case if you don't mind let me go back to this chain of custody issue sure. because 
The yeah, reason please. I think that's so important, because as we've talked about many a time, judges are very reticent to you know go back on the instant replay, you know, and 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 call the election differently. This, however, gives the judge, and I believe it's Judge Peter Thompson, who has a good record uh, there in Maricopa County. This gives him a strong legal reason to grant the remedy because it is a statute that all of these uh, early uh, votes, the ballots, the vote by mail, must have chain of custody. They're forms that are supposed to be filled out. Now, I haven't seen the exhibits that show that, and it's very you know detailed to find it, but if if Gary uh, Lake's attorney, and by the way, it's Kurt Olson, who's very good, O-L-S-E-N, a very good election integrity attorney. Um, if, if, that the, if the judge looks at this and says, yeah, there are 298,000 election day vote by mail ballots cast and counted in Maricopa County for which there is no chain of custody, I think at the very least you'll say, well, a misdemeanor has been committed. But I think that will give him a legal basis, in my view, uh, to grant the remedy of a, either a new election or declaring Kerry Lake victor. Remember, about a 1.5 million votes cast in Maricopa County. 1.2 million of those were cast vote by mail. I think about 300,000 election day, something like that. Um, and you know, she lost Maricopa County by 34,000 votes. According to the count, she lost the state by 17,000. To me, this jumps out as the most significant new piece of information in this case. Michael Patrick Leahy, hang on for one second. Michael Patrick, by the way, the publisher, founder of the Arizona Sun-Times and, and dozens of papers and, and, and websites and all these battleground states, Star News Network. Let me go to Jim Hoff. Quick, Jim, we got about a minute before we go to break. I'm going to ask you to hang over also. Your first take, Jim Hoff, in this lawsuit. Steve, I agree with you. Thank God for Carrie Lake. This was such a powerful move by her. And I think she speaks for all Americans and especially all Trump supporters today. At what point were we supposed to uh, just sit back and take all this? Uh, they had 59% of the machines reportedly not working on election day. And supposedly they were tested the night before. At what point do Republicans stand up and say 59% is too much? This is election interference. Thank God Carrie Lake had the, the nerve to do this and how righteous she is in moving forward with this case. It's explosive. I don't see how she loses. This case is just full with nuggets. Um, and um, Americans have to stand up to the fraud. Carrie Lake did that. Thank God for Carrie Lake. This, this lawsuit shows two things. Number one, she won. Are they st they, they're going to steal it from her. This is why people and the Republicans, if you want to have 20% of the people just go away and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go live my life. You know, I've listened to Warham enough or I've gone and run, rang enough doorbells. I've knocked on enough doors. I, I've gone to enough town halls. I've hit you with $50 bills too often. Uh, if you're not prepared to stand and fight when it's obvious it was stolen, then, hey, fine, go do it. Uh, but you're not I'm not going to support it anymore. This is about making sure that the voice of the people is just not steamrolled. This thing is outrageous. I want everybody in the audience to take time today, not tomorrow. Take time today and go through this lawsuit. Okay. Michael Patrick Lay is going to stick with us. The great Jim Hoff's going to stick with us. We got Colonel Mills. 
We're going to a little more on this. Uh, we got other people coming in about this later. Here's your host, Stephen K. Vance. Jim Hoff, what jumps out of you for for Pat, Michael Patrick Leahy, who's a and I always I always defer to Leahy's judgment on these things because he's both a Harvard and a Stanford grad. You don't get that you don't get that too often, right? Um, wh- what jumps off the page at you when you read this uh, when you read the um, when you read the, f- the filing the lawsuit? I think there are several several points in the filing that uh, stood out to me. One was they opened with the fact that 72% of Democrats and Republicans believe that uh, people were deprived of their right to vote that day on Election Day. That's a huge number. That's Democrats and Republicans. So they understand that there was uh, uh, election interference involved. They spell that out immediately as they open their lawsuit. Um, they, they speak about mail-in ballot signatures, and they include some examples in the, in the filing, which is basically just scribble. Um, and these, were, these ballots were allowed to go through, and you, they, they put some examples, again, just a scribbly line, and they said that that was okay for a signature. So there's, there's basically no signature validation going on in Arizona. Um, hundreds of thousands, they said, of illegal ballots and they're gonna prove that in court. That's very powerful. And again, 59% of the machines in Maricopa County, the largest county in the state, were not operating that day. The, the tabulators or the printers, one or the other was not operating that day. At what point is the election null and void? Is it 40%, is it 50%, or do you have to wait till there's 80% of the machines that aren't working? I mean, at what point, um, how much abuse are we gonna take as Republicans and allow this to continue? And again, I'd like to throw in, too, shame on the Republican Party for not standing up for their voters here and not standing up for Carrie Lake and that amazing slate of candidates in Arizona. Um, They were robbed, and uh, the Republican Party pulled out right away, as far as I understand, and that's from a message I got from the Republican Party Party of Arizona came out yesterday. I think I put a press release. All three of the national, the the chairman, I think the two national committee people, they put out a thing saying they – Oppose uh, Ronna Romney's um, re or Ronna McDaniel's uh, re-election. Um, yeah. do, do you think that you think that's part of it? You think part of it's tied to this? Well, I certainly hope so. Um, you can't have failure after failure. And again, we're being abused here. It's not just that we're losing elections; it's that we're being abused, and the elections are stolen. And Steve, you know this better than anyone. Um, when it is enough, enough. These people have to stand up for us. I think a lot of Republicans are very, very tired of not being represented by their party and by the, by the people they elect who go to Washington, D.C. And these jokers in Maricopa County who pretend that they're Republicans, that is a complete joke. Those people are the furthest thing from Republicans, very toxic people who are uh, overseeing this election. We put up a post yesterday, this Richter character who uh, is, is working in Maricopa County, he's bragging and on, on LinkedIn, his LinkedIn account about how Carrie Lake is gone now. So, uh, yeah, I think some really uh, uh, controversial people who are working in that county. And I think Carrie Lake has a very strong case. Um, is there any doubt in your mind as you read this and Gateway Pundits, a, a, a voice of the grassroots in your involvement? Is there any doubt in your mind as you read this that Carrie Lake? is the winner in Arizona and is the legitimate governor of uh, governor elect of this great state of Arizona, sir. 
Not only that, Steve, but Carrie Lake is a woman of our time. Carrie Lake is phenomenal. Congratulations to Carrie Lake for following this. She has so much courage and she is such a great communicator. She's right on here. We've been looking for somebody like Carrie Lake. She's right here. She's the governor of Arizona, but I think she has a, a very um, successful future ahead of her in politics. She's just phenomenal. Thank God for Carrie Lake for filing this and fighting back against this obvious fraud. Jim, hang around because I'm going to get to the FBI in a second. Michael Patrick Leahy, before I let you go, as you read this, is there any doubt in your mind that the legitimate winner of the 8 November 2022 election uh, that was held in the state of Arizona, the legitimate winner of that in the gubernatorial race is Carrie Lake, Republican, sir? Um, you know, it doesn't matter what I think. Uh, Carrie Lake is not the governor-elect, and she will not be the governor-elect unless the Superior Court judge who is uh, hearing this case, and we believe it's uh, Judge Peter Thompson, unless he uh, finds the points of law put forward by Kurt Olson sufficient uh, to either uh, call for a new election or declare her the winner, um, I am not sanguine that he will have the courage to do that, but he may. That's my view. Michael Patrick Lay, how do people get to you on uh, social media, how they go to uh, the Star News Network and particularly the Arizona Sun-Times in this yeah. period and of time say, of which you've got great reporters? To our great reporter, Rachel Alexander, who had uh, an exclusive interview with uh, attorney Kurt Olson, and it's our lead story right now about all of the yeah. evidence in this case, ArizonaSunTimes.com, and then, of course, our overarching national website, thestarnewsnetwork.com, thestarnewsnetwork.com. Michael Patrick Leahy, thank you very much. By the way, let's get the sometimes a story, the, old, the exclusive interview with Court Olson. And Rachel's doing an extraordinary job, uh, Michael. Thank you very much for your thank pointed you. and your pointed commentary and brilliant observations. Uh, it's now in the courts. Uh, so uh, speaking of the courts, uh, Jim, you're also involved in a lawsuit. And a, a hat tip to a guy that's in the U.S. Senate now, but as Attorney General of, of Missouri, has done a great job in, the, in these lawsuits out there uh, with Landry in Louisiana. Tell us about this lawsuit and the revelations about the Federal Bureau of Investigation, sir. Steve, this doesn't look very good for the deep state, for the FBI. With each release of the Twitter files, uh, they're being exposed as liars. And I say that as a plaintiff in the case with Missouri and Louisiana against the federal government and social media. Um, they, what we found with yesterday's releases, they've been lying to us. We've asked Twitter for uh, you know information. We've asked the government for information. They've hidden it from us. And now that uh, James Baker is gone, um, they're in a real pickle. And uh, so it's 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 uh, doesn't look good for them. In fact, yesterday. Um, acting Attorney General and future Senator from Missouri, Eric Schmidt, sent out a letter, and he sent it to the federal government, and uh, he's, he, this is based on some of the latest releases from uh, Twitter files, and he, we know now that they've lied to us. They've withheld information from Missouri and Louisiana, and uh, they've got caught. Uh, Elon Musk did this. They, you know, it, it's amazing what Elon has done. He's really you know, exposed so much already um, about Twitter, things we already knew that they were, uh, you know, censoring us and shadow banning us. We all know that, Steve. 
Um, but now we have the proof, and we also have proof through this lawsuit that the government has been lying to us as plaintiffs um, about uh, their, their coordination and collusion with big tech. Uh, we know that, for instance, because of this lawsuit, they were having weekly meetings with uh, the FBI and the heads of Twitter and the other social media outlets. Uh, and now yesterday, that also came out in the latest Twitter files released that they were uh, having Yo yeah. Ross, of all people, admitted that. Okay, we're going to get to a guy named Elvis Chan. we got Colonel John Mills going to join us here, but I just want to make sure we summarize. And, Jim, I'm going to ask you to hold through the break. Uh, yesterday, President Trump put out, uh, this was in the morning, Elon, the Twitter, and I quote from his true social account, the Twitter releases are a revelation in that they show in a very powerful fashion the FBI and justice illegally colluding, proving conclusively in one more very powerful way that the 2020 presidential election was rigged and stolen. What everyone is really waiting to see, however, is the Twitter information and thought process leading up to the time of the so-called election and ultimately the deplatforming of the president of the United States, a big moment in history. Thank you. Matt Taibbi last night came out and, uh, and put that out. The title he put it out uh, was the removal of President Trump or the removal of Trump. It is openly an ironic title because it's not about the subtext. Just like in motion pictures, there's one thing you're seeing on the screen, and then there's the subtext, right? The subtext of this is not the removal of Donald Trump from Twitter. That was an instrumentality. It's Donald J. Trump's removal as the 45th president of the United States. The evidence will show powerfully, conclusively, uh, of something we have to face. And a lot of people in this country don't want to face it. This is why it's a constitutional crisis. People don't, I've said this from the very freaking beginning, right? They don't want to face it. They don't want to face it that we have a constitutional crisis. That constitutional crisis, is we have an Ill illegitimate regime in the White House. And it was put there by members of President Trump's administration. Bill Barr Chris Ray, the DOJ, the FBI, and you're going to find out and you're going to see. And, the, and, and here's the beauty of it, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the great power of it. History repeats itself. This happened before, after a landslide victory in the early 1970s. The president's name is Richard Nixon. The scandal is Watergate. The FBI removed a sitting president just won a landslide victory and you know who knew that dick nixon next in the war room here's your host stephen k back okay um 17 to 20 december we're going to be in metro phoenix with um charlie kirk jack basobi the entire team at turning point usa tp usa dot com slash war room we want all of the posse in the general vicinity and that would include california and uh, texas new mexico colorado utah all of it we want everybody including arizona everybody to show up we're, it's gonna be massive for four days we're gonna do the show live charlie kirk's gonna do his show live jack sobic senator holly's gonna be there mtg's gonna be there don jr's gonna be there tucker candace uh, myself and dozens of others and plus all of the great production team and contributors from the war room. You get to meet and greet and hang out. So go to tpusa 
com slash worm. Also, Charlie Kirk's book on why they're dumping a trillion dollars of deadbeat student debt on your head. You get to understand the cartel and scam that is college today. Although I'm a huge college football fan, not that big a fan of colleges anymore. Um, Jim, um, pretty explosive. What's coming out of these lawsuits by two guys who are not considered fringe. That would be uh, Landry, who's now running for governor of Louisiana, and Schmidt, who's in the U.S. Senate. So these guys are going up next level, right? These lawsuits are showing that the government will look you in the eye, lie, they will they will do things that are unconstitutional, illegal, and unlawful, and then look you in the eye and lie about it. Correct? There's no there's a, 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 no doubt about this now. Correct, Amundo? Absolutely, Steve. And I wanted to point out something, too, that we put up that has not been reported. This is for your audience. Um, one of the people who was deposed was with the State Department. So we have the DOJ, the FBI, the State Department. We don't know how deep this goes. But this official with the State Department, Daniel Kimmich, I'm not sure how to say his last name, Kimmich, Kimmich, he was deposed recently. And what he admitted in his testimony was that um, the, uh, DO, the se Secretary excuse me, the Department of State is funding these fact checkers that are censoring then conservative speech. And one of the fact checking sites that they're funding is Pointner, and they run PolitiFact. And that's really interesting because yes. yesterday then, see, it's all connected. Yesterday, in the release from Twitter files, they uh, admit the FBI says we need to take this down because the PolitiFact had this up. Well, isn't that interesting? That was one of the groups that they were funding. The government was Big funding. Time. Big time. Yeah, so it's all, it's all connected. Isn't remember, that interesting? Remember, Congressman uh, Andrew Clyde of Georgia, of Georgia 9th, right? One of the, one of the backbone uh, congressional districts in this country up in northeast Georgia. His bill he's putting forward is that the government can't do indirectly what is prohibited from the constitution from doing directly the power of what he's saying here is that and you're going to see it all come out they got all these front groups that they're they're financing all this stuff with this is why the omnibus is so important to stop and to get it into the hands of the of republicans and and gut all this out of these uh of, of this you know five and a half trillion dollar budget or two trillion dollar discretionary spending you got to gut it out of the government because they're funding all this stuff to suppress you this is why all these fights are interconnected you got to stop that you got to kick it down the road to january till we get the leverage we get authority this is the whole fight with kevin mccarthy does he have the titanium stones you're going to need to do this type of thing because the evil permeates the system and the evil is able to permeate the system because of money and that money would be, and this is the Greek tragedy part, that money would be your money as U.S. taxpayers. Let me bring it, hang, for, hang with me because i got to bring you back in here, uh, Hoft. Uh, let me go to John, Colonel John Mills. Elvis Chan, tell me about some of these FBI guys that we're going to see that are very, uh, they're going to become more prominent as this uh, scandal, uh, this coup. Let me call it what it is, not a scandal, it's a coup. As this coup becomes more evident to the American people, uh, tell me about um, tell me about some of these participants, particularly Elvis Chan, uh, Colonel John Mills. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Uh, well, Elvis saying this deposition, that Elvis Chan is a FBI special uh, assistant special agent in charge of the cyber unit out of the San Francisco office. 
he was the bag man who would carry the the list of names uh, that were vetted and uh, back in D.C. and he'd go he'd do the rounds in Silicon Valley uh, to get these names uh, censored. Uh, this is explosive. This is uh, in his deposition. Everybody needs to read this and understand the the gravity and the magnitude of this. It, it's no longer speculation, feeling, uh, a hunch. Uh, what what he outlined was a crime, a conspiracy, a coup, an insurrection by the federal government. This was the, when a joint interagency task force is stood up, and so it's not just. FBI as, as a subcomponent of DOJ, but as, as Jim said, it was uh, uh, Department of State. Also DHS, very important. I'll get to that in a moment. You have to establish a charter. I've been on these, helped create these a, a number of times. You, you, you create a charter. And so this is what the AD of uh, Missouri and Louisiana asked for the charter of this. Because in that charter, you have to state a number of important administrative things, such as the legal basis for doing what you're doing. I'm sorry, I got 18 US code right here. I can't figure out how suppressing Americans speaking a political opinion is in 18 US code. And Jim now uh, brought up that, that unit and that section that was out of the cyber policy office and State Department. All of that's supposed to be outward facing toward non-US citizens. They had that turned inward to help as an as a tool to suppress American opinion. This is no longer this. This is establishing a crime, a coordinated conspiracy, a RICO Act crime led by the FBI uh, to commit a coup, uh, create an insurrection. This is unprecedented, and we need absolute laser focus on this because what El what elvis chan brought up it was the basis for starting a criminal investigation what, under what legal authority were they doing this i've been on this a number of times okay i didn't get through 40 years of national security without right. knowing these things yeah by the way in your book what's the title of your book people gotta get that the book the nation okay, will, that, will know it's it's the unbelievable. Your journey. Follow. The nation will follow. The nation will follow. Where I he read, he, he was an, he, he's an insider when he gets the big revelation that hey Trump is not uh, Trump is not with the program right and the program the program always wins. Hang on one second. Got Colonel John Mills. I got. I want to just go back in time and uh, remember, I am not a conspiracy theorist, but there are no coincidences. Okay, I want to go back to the the um, revered. Federal Bureau of Investigation, which you can't cut on TV any night on MSNBC or CNN. There's some FBI, former FBI guy trashing Donald Trump, trashing MAGA, saying MAGA are terrorist. You can't watch any of these left-wing networks that don't have something with the FBI and so glorified. All of that ought to be stripped out immediately starting in January. All their security clearances, the way they dine off the system, stripped. They ought to cancel all these shows, say, hey, you can't license the rights to the FBI. You're done. In... um. November of 19, one November of 1963 in Vietnam, there was a coup by the generals against the uh, Catholic president of, uh, of Vietnam, Diem, President Diem. He was assassinated. Uh, Kennedy had essentially authorized it or had basically been in meetings where he, let's say, did not stop it. 
It was supposed to be a peaceful coup by the generals, the military that, you know, the Buddhists were lighting themselves on fire. The country was out of control. The North Vietnamese and, and the military was lying about how we were doing, how we were progressing. They blamed it all on them, right? And the Catholics that were holdovers from the French uh, colonial government uh, that were duly elected, but they said they were corrupt. And so um, Kennedy either authorized or let's say didn't stop the removal of Diem, but he was shocked and everybody around him was shocked when Diem was on the way to the airport, to the plane that was supposed to take him to freedom. That was a deal. Diem and the family were going to be able to leave. The generals would take over. Diem and his brother, and I think the wife too, were all assassinated, brutally murdered in the back of the truck. 22 days later, John Kennedy is assassinated. The biggest thing that J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI, their biggest efforts in the following 72 hours, and this is documented, and I've read everything around the Kennedy assassination, was the destruction of files that showed that they had been watching, um, they had been watching the then alleged assassin, right? The destruction of files. So their their efforts and i can i don't have time to play today we'll play it monday or tuesday the audio tape of uh jagger hoover in johnson i think on the monday uh, on monday right on monday or tuesday the assassination was on a friday and these don't sound like two guys are looking uh to um to get to the bottom of what happened they're looking, they sound like two guys are trying to are worried about investigations in the House and the Senate, and they're trying to set up the Warren Commission about Lee Harvey Oswald, right? Cut to um, the, on 2 May 1972, and we'll put this all down so you don't, you don't have to take your number two pencil out right now and write it down. 2 May 72, Hoover dies. A guy named Mark Feld, I think it was his deputy, he thought immediately because the FBI was so hermetically sealed that hermetically sealed someone, Hoover essentially founded it, that he would step up. He was Hoover's boy, Mark Felt. Felt did not get that. The next day, Patrick Gray, who was a deputy attorney general, was in there. And the reason was Nixon wanted somebody to put some eyes on this thing because Hoover had gotten too powerful, right? Hoover had all the goods on him. He had Hoover had the receipts on everybody. They put Patrick Gray in there. The Watergate burglary took place. That was on 3 May is interim and he was eventually confirmed became fdi director uh the it, watergate took place on 17 july nixon won a massive landslide uh on uh, november of 1972 in the interim as bernstein and woodward who are two grundoons one on the metro desk other just another you know woodward just kind of hanging around former naval i think naval intelligence officer bernstein just some guy grundoon on the metro desk as they run around there's meetings in the white house and, and they got these issues Nixon fingers felt in the FBI, I think starting in October of 72, even before the election. He got later, and they had this on Nixon's recording. While you got John Dean and you got Ehrlichman and Haldeman, all these guys, they're throwing out theories and they're talking about this and talking about that. Nixon cuts right to the heart of it. He goes, you got to watch felt. He says, you got to watch felt in the FBI. And then later, when Bernstein, remember, Bernstein and Woodward had nothing. They had some disparate information. What tied it together was Deep Throat. Deep Throat tied it together, connected the dots, gave them information they didn't have. In 2008, Mark Felt died, right? A bitter man. It was revealed later that Mark Felt 
the deputy director of the FBI that had been passed over by Richard Nixon was in fact Deep Throat. And Dick Nixon had been right from the very beginning. He knew exactly. The FBI, if you look at the federal courts and what Sirica and these guys did, if you look at the federal courts, DOJ, what DOJ was doing in Nixon, and you combine it with the FBI, that's coup number one. The Federal Bureau of Investigations and the DOJ in the federal court system worked to remove Richard Nixon against a bunch of feckless Republicans who didn't have the balls and the guts to step up and go, hey, hang on a second, some bad stuff happened here. Right. But it doesn't mean a removal of a sitting president that won in a landslide by the American people. And this is after the media, their partners hammered him relentlessly for, what, two or three years. This information we're getting now is going to make Watergate look like a garden party. Okay, short commercial break. We're going to get back in with your FBI that must be defunded and reorganized immediately starting in January this year. Next in the war room. social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now okay you have to get getter you don't have to worry about Twitter and about getting taken off. By the way, the number of people that haven't been like Miles Gros not going back on Twitter, dozens and dozens of people back not back on there. Why? They still got the problem. Jack Posobiec, hey, I don't believe in coincidences. Posobiec's up last night ripping on the FBI, getting here this thing, and all of a sudden <coughs> on Twitter, doing some Twitter talk. A second. Next thing you know, oops, we had a technical problem. Just saying. So um, CISA and Krebs, CISA ties directly to Arizona. You got Rickers in business with CISA uh, in the Arizona situation. Talk to me about CISA and, and the problems there, Mills. Yeah, uh, well, going back to 2020, with this, this organization, that uh, this task force that uh, Elvis Chan uh, describes in his deposition, well, what this means is that Chris Kreb was in on this. Either he was incompetent uh, and this was going on without his knowledge, which meaning he was incompetent and should have been removed, or he was directly in on it. And again, it uh, appears Pence was, was the person who really pushed for Chris Kreb to be in the CISA office. Everybody got to realize CISA is essentially the domestic NSA. Going back a number of years as we worked this, uh, and I was at the White House, we... Uh, uh, we created uh, uh, the concept for CISA and to do things that the uh, NSA couldn't legally do domestically. So Chris Krebs was in on this. And now that he passed the reins to Jen Easterly, who I, I worked with for a while, and she was at NSA for a number uh, of time. Hey, CISA is a key part of this joint interagency task force. So it means Chris Krebs. But I see, but on hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Krebs, but I see the guy, the DHS guy was not Morgan, the DHS guy. He said all these con conservative confabs and conferences, and he's sitting there saying this. Hey, it was CISA that came up and said the safest and most, uh, most secure electronic election, cyber election in the history yeah. of the American Republic. It's all of the chain yeah. command. Look, we have to have an unpleasant conversation. Here's the unpleasant conversation. This is not about Merrick Garland and, 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 and Joe Biden on this part of it, and that's bad enough. Trust me. The problems we got there and what they've done to triple down is unheard of. This is 
the Trump administration. I'm talking about Bill Barr, his attorney general, an apparatchik from the Bush operation, and Chris Ray, who's Chris Christie's attorney. Right. Chris Christie going to he's thinking of his presidential run. He's sitting there with his visors. You know, he sold two hundred ninety two books. But, man, he, there's a popular the nation's calling for Chris Christie raises lawyer. Ray Christie's the one that forced or promoted Ray. But these are Trump selections and Trump nominees. The scandal here is back in those days. There, by the way, you're going to throw uh, you're going to throw Millie and uh, and uh, Esper in uh, in in this, too, as part of it. Because as soon as they walked across the, uh, the the Lafayette Square in front of St. John's Church and the media blew them up that afternoon, in their books, they go back and said they had a conversation about how to thwart Trump. Not resign with honor, how to thwart Trump. By the way, Esper's a Pompeo buddy, part of that West Point mafia. West Point's got a bigger problem. I would love West Point today, Army, Navy. I'm kind of conflicted. I'm a former naval officer, but Mo went to, uh, to West Point, and I would go up there for all her games and became – I'd love West Point. But it's like in the Civil War, baby. West Point had some had some questions, not just who went to the Confederacy, the Democratic generals out there that didn't really want to throw down too hard in the first couple of years, right? The um, until they got some other West Point guys named Sherman and Grant and kind of you know took it to the Confederacy. You got another West Point problem here, a West Point mafia problem. It's a big problem, and it's going to be exposed in this. Guys like Esper, right? Let me be blunt. This is not conspiracy. Coup. They knew exactly what they were doing, and they used every apparatus at their disposal to thwart President Trump and remove him from office. Matt Taibbi gave it to you last night. Don't be so dumb you don't get it. It ain't about the removal from Twitter. Taibbi is telling you it's his removal as president of the United States. Everything in there is about things like the FBI active involvement, uh, not just Twitter, all social media, and things like CISA, which Colonel Mills summed it up perfectly. It's the domestic NSA, which we're not supposed to have, right? This whole thing, this is why we need another church commission. This whole situation, by the way, the assassination of DM, all of it, Watergate, all of it, they had the church commission because the CIA and the FBI had gotten out of control, as they always will as they always will, unless you put the hammer. Remember, church is a big, it's a huge uh, liberal out there. Was it Idaho? That's back in the old days. This thing is a constitutional crisis. And a lot of people are just going to go, you know what, let's just forget it, and let's think about the future. Elections are about the future. Elections are about the future. you got to focus on the future. A bunch of airheads. Stop it. I'm bored already. Elections are about the country. It's past, it's current situation, and it's future, all brought into this period of time with your agency. And guess what? We're going to use our agency to take you apart because you are totally corrupt and you are destroying this nation. And it's obvious. And now you've been outed in the crime scene that Elon Musk bought. And Joe Allen's going to be here in a few minutes. I'm no fan of Elon Musk. One, he's too dependent upon CCP financing. Number two, he's trying to put a chip in your head, a computer in your brain uh, to make you a cyborg, which he thinks is fine because he's kind of detached from the underpinnings of the Judeo-Christian West besides all the fanboys sitting there saying how great he is. On this one, 
he realizes he 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 ended up being forced to buy something that maybe he shouldn't have. But hey, since I'm here, let's go ahead and let it rip. Mills, how do people get to you in the book? How do they get to your social media, Colonel Mills? Thank you, Steve. Uh, the book is thenationwillfollow.com. www.thenationwillfollow.com. And then Colonel Rhett John on uh, Getter, Colonel Rhett, R-E-T John on Getter and Truth. Colonel Mills, thank you very much. Uh, Jim Hoft, how do people get to the Great Gateway Pundit, the platform for the people? Well, Steve, uh, I, I do love Getter. We have a great Getter account, and their live stream is phenomenal. So thank you for that. Uh, by the way, we're not back on Twitter yet. Um, a lot of people have uh, regained their status, but we're, we're still not back on Twitter. And um, so uh, you can't go there to find us. But, uh, we, we, you know, come to our website. Uh, we have a limited presence on Facebook and some other places. But thank you, you're, Steve. You're the best. Thank you, Hop. Thank you for the lawsuit. Thank you for everything. Gateway Pundit, platform for the people. Short break, 90 seconds. Back in a moment. Now,